0: Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name's Amina and thank you guys so much for being here. So by now I think we've all been in some kind of quarantine for the past couple of weeks and judging by all of the different TikTok videos and Instagram lives and all these things that I've seen on social media. It seems like we're all kind of losing our minds a little bit. So I'm really excited to sit down and record this episode just to give you guys obviously something to listen to and just to kind of get your mind off the whole situation because I know there's so much going on in the world right now and I don't want to be insensitive to the topic, but I think since I have this platform, I might as well go ahead and take advantage of it and bring these stories to light for you guys. So before we get into the podcast episode, just a couple of announcements with everything that's been going on. We are having to postpone our New York City pop-up shop, which I was really excited about, but it's just not going to happen. It was supposed to happen. In April, but I'm thinking to just do it in the fall time once everything kind of settles down. So just stay tuned for more info on that. I know quite a few of you in New York were very excited about it, but that's okay. Um, I think the next couple months are going to go by fast, so that shouldn't be too much of a problem. And then also, this week, we'll be doing another joint giveaway, which is super exciting, so with two other Balkan businesses, those are all of the announcements. Now we're going to get into today's episode. So I have one of my Bosnian friends who also lives here in Atlanta with me. Her name is Sabina, and she spent the past few months living abroad in Spain, which is I think is the coolest thing ever. I've never been to Spain, but it's definitely one of those countries that's on my list. And recently, she actually had to cut her teaching program and everything short just because of what was going on with COVID. So we can kind of talk about that because I know it was a very kind of scary experience. Okay, so
1: I was in Spain. I got there for New Year's and then... Two, So I've been home in quarantine for two weeks now. So three weeks ago is when things started getting a little bit worse. My sister, actually that week, my sister actually came to Spain during her spring break. And my mom was supposed to come for that weekend, but she did not come because at that point it was just bad and nobody... We were all just freaking out about everything and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. So my sister did come on Sunday. So Monday night, we were out in the city. And at this point, there was less people outside a little bit. Um, But we heard on the news that the schools were going to be closing down. But nothing was official from um, the government yet. And so at this point, my group chat is blowing up and everybody's trying to figure out what's going to happen Tuesday, we show up at school, and they tell us um, that they still don't have an official word because it's just the media talking about this, and that's what they said on the news. That's all we had. So Tuesday, everybody, like from my program and other people who are, who are also part of different programs, um, everybody had a meeting that day, which they, they, didn't, they didn't know anything official. They just said schools will be closing Wednesday. And so everybody's mind is like, what the heck is about to happen? Like, what what's going on? Like, nobody knows what's going on. And the fact that there was no official word yet was just crazy. So every day that week was like waking up like in a nightmare. Because um, every day we got bad news, whether we woke up to it or it happened during the day. And it just continued to get worse and my mom is freaking out because my sister is also with me in Spain and trying to figure out what's going on. And she was telling me, am I going to come home? And I wasn't sure, mm-hmm. like, t- Tuesday or Wednesday. But, like, by Thursday
0: morning, I was like, I need to get out of here before things really get worse. People, too, probably didn't realize, because I know here people didn't realize, like, the, um, how do you even pronounce that word? people didn't realize how severe the severity. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. The severity of the situation. And I think that's why, you know, you were probably thinking, well, maybe it's not too, too bad to the point where I don't want to have to cut my program short and like come back home. But eventually you just have to Make that decision. Thursday, I knew for sure that I wanted
1: to go home because things just kept getting worse and worse with the government and people freaking out. But Spain, they were taking it more seriously, the people, because every day there was less people outside. And by Friday, Friday, I was really freaking out. And then Saturday, um, Friday night and Saturday, I was packing, I packed up my stuff. It was 3 a.m. Saturday when I finished packing. And then during the day, we went to the airport. But during that time, I was freaking out trying to switch my ticket home. But you can't get a hold of anybody in the airlines, people in the airport, Mm -hmm. nobody was there. Flights were being canceled. The flight that I did buy for Monday, I found out that the lockdown was starting at 8am Monday, my flight was at noon. So I was freaking out about that. So I bought Two separate tickets, like, one way's home, which, like, at this point, I don't, like, we spent so much money just trying to get me home that I didn't care about (laughs) how much money Mm -hmm. was spent. We'll get the refund after, you know? It was just insane. And I spent the night, or we spent the night at the airport Saturday, like, 3 p.m., and our flight was at 9 a.m. the next morning. It was just overwhelming and stressful and i just wanted to get my ticket and be on the flight home so i wouldn't be locked down
0: in spain um yeah that was just even before you guys obviously had to leave you and your sister came back and now i know you've been um self-quarantining and things (laughs) like that the program itself um, I was seeing like so many of your pictures and just videos and it looked really awesome so we can kind of talk about how you ended up finding the program and just your motivation behind deciding to go through with it Mm -hmm. and just specifically like what you were doing over in Spain
1: I graduated last December and I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go Um, I did criminal justice but I didn't, I don't want to be an officer at this moment. Um, I didn't know where I wanted to go. And so throughout the year, I was just looking into different things. And then I went to Madrid in May for a week, just a little vacation. And then in June, end of May, June is when I found, like, I was just searching online English teaching programs because why not? Um, That's one thing I do know I wanted to do. And then I happened to find CIEE, um, and they, that stands for, let me find it, Council on International Educational Exchange. Um, It's a nonprofit that just, it facilitates international exchange and travel between people to advance global peace through experiences that bridge different cultures and teach intercultural skills. Pretty much they help you get to, they have many different foreign countries and they have short-term programs and a longer term. Um, this was actually a new program um, that was six months in Spain. And this is the first year they started this one because every other program is a year long. But I wanted to do something for six months to see if I actually liked it and how that would go, especially in Spain. Um, and so... I didn't have a full-time job that I was set to or, and I didn't have anything at home that would keep me here. I don't have, I'm not married. I don't have a family, you know? So I didn't have anything that was keeping me home. And I figured it was, it's just six months. So why not go do it January to June and then come fall, I could um, go into teaching because I started as a substitute last fall and so I guess I was starting the path on teaching and being in school so I kind of that worked out
0: together I guess. I think that's awesome. Just the fact that you were willing to try and to do something that isn't even in your home country. Like it's one thing to apply to a program in another state or even on the opposite side of the US, but it's completely Mm -hmm. different thing to apply to a program that is in a foreign country where you may or may not know the language and you might not even know anybody at all. So just... Props to you for doing that. I think that's awesome. And I think people need to look into these things more because it's not mm-hmm. as impossible as you think. Um, no. In terms of obviously, I don't know what the application process and things looked like, but the fact that you even went for it and tried, I think speaks volumes and is really amazing. So, kind of goes into the next question, which I probably already answered it, but. Did you know anyone before going into this program, or did you go into it just entirely by yourself? So I did not know anybody before going into this program.
1: I was just, I just happened to find it online, and it was a legit program because CIE has been around for over 70 years doing these types of programs in all different countries around the world. Um, So I applied in June and then got accepted, like, within a month or so. I knew the beginning of July um, because we also had to put down a payment. Yes, we had, there was a Mm -hmm. fee, which was fine. They did help us. um, And then two months before we left, it was October, beginning of October is when they made a Facebook group, and that's when we finally got to see other people who were going with us and that's when I got in contact with some people finally um but before that nothing and then I showed up in Spain and met some people
0: (laughs) yes yes exactly and I think that's it's good that they made a Facebook group it's really Mm -hmm. similar almost to when you're first about to start college and you're in these different groups like looking for a roommate or things like that that's what it kind of reminds me of. But the good thing is whenever you do any of these kinds of programs, what I found is that I've only done the one teaching one in Mostar for mm-hmm. like three weeks. But anybody that's applying to it is probably going to be someone who is willing to step outside of their comfort zone and like try new things and they have no problem talking Mm -hmm. to new people and I'm not saying every single person is going to be like this but Mm -hmm. in general like most of the people are like that which makes it so much easier just to have these conversations and Mm -hmm. make plans get together especially once you're already over there which definitely helps with the whole just kind of assimilating into a different culture and getting used to a totally different lifestyle than you would here so mm-hmm. like here you have your car and you're probably driving <laughs> your car unless you live in New York or something um other city like that you're probably driving your car back and forth all the time so just taking even that part out and walking everywhere that's always something that is so different every time mm-hmm. go back home during the summer it's like oh my gosh like how much I would just rely on my car for certain things when i can just walk to a bunch of places mm-hmm. so you mentioned earlier that you kind of went back and forth between madrid and a village that was about an hour away from madrid so mm-hmm. what were some of the differences like did you find that you liked living in the bigger city a little bit better versus being out in the countryside
1: um so i've never been a city person as I've lived in the suburbs my whole life I do like the city but even just the one month living in the city it was fun Um, but my commute was two hours one way so that was four hours a day commuting but I was only teaching for four hours a day so and then sometimes our classes would be canceled and the thing about Spain is they don't let you know anything beforehand. So I would show up to school. I would go to my class or sit in the teacher's lounge. And that's where all the professors would talk and they would kind of let us know what they were doing in class that day. And we would literally find out like one minute or the minute of what we were doing in that class or if it was canceled or I would go to the class and show up and they would be canceled. So I had no idea for most of the classes, Um, but for a couple, there was one professor who would text me daily and she was really sweet. And she told me what she wanted me to do the next day, but everybody else, I was with like, I think six professors, five or six total um, that I've worked with, one, two, five, I think, Mm -hmm. five or six, it doesn't matter. but most of them did not let me know previously. And so the fact that some days there was a couple of days that I showed up with my two hour commute each way for one hour of class, which was driving me crazy because they wouldn't let us know in advance, you know? So mm-hmm. I think overall, I like the countryside because I could I could easily just take the bus from the country to the city. And it was about an hour and a half. But the metro also took half an hour from where I was living um, Mm -hmm. at the time. So I like that the quietness of when I eventually moved in February. And then living there during the week and then spending the weekends in the city was a nice balance. Because I would go from loud to calm. And it was just really nice. Um, I think I am... a country. I like living in the country better than the city, but I do, there is benefits. I mean, there's pros and cons to eat, but I did like living in the city and being able to just walk across the bridge in the apartment that I lived in to the grocery store and bring, um, I don't know what they're called. Those little like strollers
0: that you can put your food in because Buggies. you don't. Have, yeah, like a little buggy, oh, I guess. This is this is probably. <laughs> I, I heard recently. I saw like, or I kept seeing these memes where is it buggy or is it shopping cart? And I've always called it a buggy, buggy. and I think it's just because we live in Georgia. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but,
1: it's a southern thing.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think definitely it was I think with the city it's more of a convenience thing and just being mm-hmm. able to go walk somewhere and get something you don't really have to like plan things out as much and yeah. far in advance versus if you need something in the countryside but the countryside is also nice because you can hear yourself actually think I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. and you can just be with your thoughts and there's less just hustle and bustle and it's really similar to I think A lot of people, when they go to Bosnia, they might spend all of their time in Sarajevo um, in a big city, Mm -hmm. you know, and then other people kind of, or honestly, it depends. I think everyone's a little bit different, but just Mm -hmm. in general, from what I've seen, some people spend the entire summer in Sarajevo versus other people kind of going back and forth through Mm -hmm. different cities and different villages and things like that. So it's really similar to spending the summer in the cello in Bosnia versus mm-hmm. in a bigger city like Sarajevo, like yeah. going back and forth. Um, but I think that's, that's really nice. And just in general, in Europe, everything is a lot slower pace, even yeah. though you do have those big cities. And I know you mentioned earlier that people are very just, chill and almost to a point lazy and no one is ever in a rush to get anything done and mm-hmm. i think that's very similar in our culture I, I'm yeah and i wrote literally 100 balkan people <laughs> like because yeah, that's definitely. just how it is with certain things even if it's like paperwork or you know things that you have to go to like the upstina, or they're never in a rush to mm-hmm. get any of that stuff done for you so and then obviously the classes you were saying starting late and no one even like alerting you that you know they were going to be canceled and that is frustrating especially with i didn't realize it was that long of a commute too that can be really um frustrating but anyway just other differences between spain and the u.s that you'd like to mention um so living in the suburbs i
1: drive everywhere Which is fine, but I did like in the city, I liked being able to just go out of my apartment and where I got lucky finding the apartment that I found with three other roommates because the metro stop was right in front of my apartment and the grocery store, which was pretty big, was Mm -hmm. across the street. And so I could just hop on the metro and then get to the city within like 15 minutes um, to the city center, I mean. Um and so I liked being able to just go outside whenever I needed to. There was a park nearby and I love watching sunsets. And I remember the first time I really wanted to check that park out. And it was a mile away and I had like twenty minutes to get there before sunset and I like pretty much ran the whole way. Um and the fact that I can't do that in Lawrenceville, Georgia is crazy. Like, I'd have to go to Stone Mountain to watch the sunset because there's mm-hmm. not really, like, a park where you can just go see the sunset or sunrise here. But in Madrid, where I was living, you could just go whenever you needed to. There wasn't anything stopping me, like, here. Because I think in our minds, we're like, oh, we have to drive there. We don't, like, oh, I don't want to go versus just me running outside, grabbing my jacket running outside. Mm-hmm. It was just just a different mindset when I, when I am in Europe. I don't know why it's
0: like that, but it is. Um, exactly. Yeah. Everything's just easier. Like you don't have to like plan so far in advance. For yeah. Stuff, I feel like like everyone just decides if you ask anyone what they're doing tomorrow or mm-hmm. next week or mostly tomorrow, they're probably not going to have an answer. <laughs> no. Like, oh, well, I'll see when I wake up how I feel. And then exactly what they're going to do with their day, which isn't a bad way to live. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that's how, that's what I found to be true.
1: Yeah. But also just when I was getting groceries and I'm so used to here, I have a family of five or my family is of five. And I'm used to buying food for making food for five people. I just said that weirdly. Um, <laughs> I'm used to making food for five people and not just one person and so when Mm -hmm. I did go to the grocery store like the stuff and I needed everything because I got there with the zero just my personal items but you need stuff for your kitchen your bedroom the food and I it was just really heavy and I remember carrying those two bags across the bridge and it was about half a mile and I'm like this is where I need my car like Mm. this is I'm carrying 30 pounds of stuff um which I should have just got less of. But that's just one moment where I wish I did have my car. Um, I need to learn how to shop less. And because I'm so used to shopping for so many, you know, Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Especially now when you go to the grocery store. I mean, just during this time and I'm trying not to because I've been sent to the store um, like twice, I think. We go like once a week now because of what's happening Mm -hmm. and I go by myself, but I'm buying for me, my mom and my brother. So there's three of us Mm -hmm. and I'm trying not to buy like too, too much food, but it's so different when you're just at home eating and you're not even going out to eat or grabbing something. So it's like, we were talking and I'm like, I've never had this much food in my fridge before. Like it's never been this stocked (laughs) up before. So I think, too even just taking it out of this situation with COVID and everything like just that's kind of how Mm -hmm. we're wired here in America we're like oh just buy more food and also with our culture too when this first started happening I remember my mom was freaking out she's like oh my gosh and she starts like freezing all of these vegetables and meat and stuff Mm -hmm. because (laughs) it's different and it's funny like to me I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe you know you're like Obviously, it's good that you're doing that, but why Mm -hmm. are you, you know, acting whatever so crazy and stuff? But you also have to (laughs) think about what they went through. And I know this is something me and you were like emailing back and forth about. And it's like, you know, even you leaving Spain, it's like you had time to pack up your stuff and kind of get everything situated to, you know, some extent Mm -hmm. and come back home. But for our parents, it was very different. And it's like they know what it's like to actually be hungry and not have food so it's only natural for them to have that instinct where
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: they're stocking up on food during this time and so going back to your point about like carrying the groceries and you know buying so many that's just I would probably done the same thing and then regretted it but like oh I need this or oh well I'm only in this country once I might as well just you know Mm -hmm. buy this and try it and stuff like that but yeah yeah not having a car definitely does make a difference for sure it kind of <laughs> reminds you like things. sometimes you, yeah yeah as as cheesy as it is it's like things that you take for granted and then you don't really know what you have until you oh, don't definitely. have it mm-hmm. so, um yeah I think those are good differences and just good kind of compare and contrast for people who haven't been to Spain so moving yeah. on to just going back to your experience um with being, and I keep messing this word up, but auxiliar, I think I'm saying it right, auxiliar, guys. <laughs> or auxiliar. Like, auxiliar, uh-huh. so fancy. Um, so <laughs> how did you deal with the language barrier and just how were you treated in general? Because you're essentially like a, kind of an English assistant in a way.
1: Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the word sounds so fancy, but really I would just say an English assistant Before I went to Spain, I did not know any Spanish. I didn't take any classes. I thought about it and I thought I was going to, but you know, life happened and I didn't. Um, And so I know basics in Spain, but the difference between there's a difference in the language in Spain and Mexico. So I was that made me kind of more anxious and afraid to speak it because the slightly differences in the
0: I don't know what what is it what's it called the proper way of yeah just like the proper yeah, Spanish like I accents guess or slang versus yeah. yeah exactly
1: because it's the difference like they're more proper in Spain and different words are used and it's not the same as if I went to Mexico and spoke Spanish so that just made me nervous I tried not to speak to anybody <laughs> in Spanish but going there it, It was interesting because a lot of people tell you that you need to know the language um, to live there if you're staying there for a longer period of time. But I also... You can also get by not knowing the language because in the grocery store, yes, the things aren't a foreign language, but you can just use translate unless you really do have a question. Like, if you need help with something, you can just translate it. But other than that, I was doing fine. And I was there for three months almost. And I didn't, or I still hadn't learned like a lot of Spanish to be able to speak it, which is something that people think like, hey, you should learn it because you need it. But for me, I didn't really need it because I found everything on my own. Luckily. So the first day I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing and nobody was there to help me. And so there, there's a the whole metro system and then the whole bus system, which was downstairs kind of separate from the metro. And when I got on the bus, I didn't know any Spanish. And I had to buy a ticket because I didn't have my like student metro card, which I was getting that weekend. And so I had to ask him for a ticket, like to pay for my ticket to go out to the village. And I didn't know. And I had translate translator pulled up. And it didn't translate properly. And so they were confused. I was confused. And I'm like, I just need to go to this city. And they were trying to ask me, like, I guess, do what I need to go to that town, which was yes. But I didn't know exactly. Somebody was trying to help us. And it was just complicated. And I was so nervous. But in the end, they were just like, okay, because I just pointed to the city again. And I'm like, I need to go here. And they just kind of, you know, let me on and I just gave them the five euros it was for the trip. And it was just that was the one time that I was like freaking out about not knowing the language. But everything else, um, you can get by um, most of the time. In the city center, there are some people that know English and you can just kind of figure it out. But the thing is, a lot of people are nice about things. And even if you don't know the language, you kind of just figure it out with the person. Mm-hmm. So there's really, I think a lot of people freak out about not knowing the language. But in reality, if you're in a good country, it also depends on the country. The people will be nice and work with you, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot, I think people freak out sometimes. But I think in the end, like from my experience, everything was great and everybody was really nice to me. Um, but in school was a different. Kind of story, I didn't have any discrimination against me, but other auxiliars had told me that the teachers and people in Spain don't like I don't know how to word it like they don't like our mm-hmm. position, or they see us
0: almost, yeah, not necessarily know. as like a <laughs> but it's like you're coming into their country and obviously you're there to help them a little bit but at the same time it's Mm -hmm. like oh hey like this is my classroom like I don't want you to you know be super involved I guess that's a way to put it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah exactly because we were paid almost what the normal teacher salary is and so people saw us as a threat like We come in and we're working half of what they are, but get paid almost the same, Mm -hmm. which they kind of disliked. And then they wouldn't take us, they wouldn't use us to um, maximum capacity. Like there was so much more we could have been doing. Um, For example, my friend, she went to Harvard, graduated from Harvard, and she um, decided to go teach English for a year, like a break. And with the one history class that she had, it was an older professor, but he had her just read um, the the history book to the students. And she had a conversation with him and he just pretty much told her, like, no, you're going to read what I want you to read. Like, you don't have to do anything else. But the fact that she had graduated from Harvard and has so much education, she's very intelligent, too. Like, that's all he wanted her to do, which is kind of like like what so the difference between the U.S. and a foreign country is just it's just Mm -hmm. different going to them because they don't see the importance of our education
0: like a lot of people do here in the states you know definitely and it almost like goes back to the whole you know it's good to go and obviously I encourage everyone listening to this if you're willing and able to do it, you know, to go and get a college education. Mm -hmm. But obviously, that's not the reality for everybody. And so I think even though, you know, your friend did have that diploma and everything, and she went to a really good school, it still isn't to say that, you know, someone who um, went to like community college, and maybe did two years, and they're not really sure what they want to do. And maybe they want to try something like this, you know, like this is totally something Mm -hmm. that well if anything like looking at it that way is also um interesting too so yeah it's it's yeah but also one Mm -hmm. thing no you're fine
1: for my program I wanted to say that I was surprised when we showed up for orientation which we all stayed at one hotel um all 140 something of us and we had orientation for four days And you got to, of course, see all the people that came. And there were people from all age groups. I think people assume that this kind of role is for a young person, like 21, 22, early 20s, because, you know, they want to break or they want to travel. But in reality, there was a lot of older people, like 30s, even some like over 40 year olds that came to be a part of this program which I thought was amazing because I did speak to one girl actually the weekend just two days before I left we met up um, because I'd been trying to see her and she was actually 32 and she had she was working at an art museum in New York City and her contract of three years was up and she decided to come teach English for six months but there was also several older people um I didn't get to talk to everybody, of course. But the fact that there was an old people, I'm sorry, older people there, it just shows you that anybody, at any time of your life, you could just take a pause or if you're going through a rough patch, there's something for you to do. You can go to a foreign country and teach English like these people did. Um, I really wish I could have talked to everybody to find out their stories, but it was just amazing to see because you don't know, I don't know what all they they've gone through in their life. But the fact that there was like fifty something year old here teaching English abroad—it's like I wonder what you went through in your life and how you got here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just for a twenty year old to do. Exactly,
0: I love that. Like, it's never too late if it's something you want to do. Why not go do it? Exactly. So, and for us, it's there's not a whole lot. Like you mentioned earlier, there's not too much that's holding us back home to where we Mm -hmm. aren't able to take advantage of these opportunities and every single relative that I talk to anyone that's a little bit older that is something they always say is oh I wish I had done this or oh it's so good that you're traveling and that you're going out there and trying all of these different things because later you know of course they're like oh well you know when you get married and have kids you're not going to have time to do a lot of those things and mm-hmm. that's the reality of it unfortunately it's not impossible for sure it just your life will you know completely change so while you were in Spain and really when you're anywhere in Europe it gives you the opportunity to travel to all these different countries especially with all these different budget airlines and mm-hmm. things like that so do you did you find that you traveled a lot more since or while you were living in Spain so I did have trips planned
1: for the future, but life kind of took its course. Right, and course. I can't, I had to cancel all of my upcoming trips. I did get to travel to Granada, which is in sou- southern Spain, um, which was really beautiful. It kind of reminded me of like Sarajevo, they had a lot of the cultural you know, like little shops, like at mm-hmm. you know, it looked exactly like that. And like, there's one street that was exactly the same, which I loved. Um, so I did get to go there for a weekend. But because January was so filled with me, getting used to staying and waiting for my first paycheck and all that stuff, I didn't get to travel much. And then February, I did have my Granada trip. And then March is when everything kind of started Mm -hmm. with this virus. Um, I was supposed to go to Switzerland last weekend and I was so upset, but you know, it's okay. Um, But I did the flights, the trips that I did have. um, I had a trip to Switzerland, to Geneva. I was going to go to Germany to see my cousin there. And I bought it. The flight was for Frankfurt and then Barcelona Morocco, and then Belgium. And all of those flights, except Germany, I found were for like 40 euros, which is almost the same as US dollars, maybe just a couple bucks different. Um, And they were round trips, which is amazing. And so I really wanted this opportunity to go travel in Europe. But... That wasn't going to happen this year, I guess.
0: <laughs> I've already booked my ticket for um, like the Bosnian conference in LA, but I'm mm-hmm. still getting these price alerts. And it's so funny because I'll send it in our group, um, our group message. And it's like, your flight to Los Angeles went down to $62. <laughs> Would you like to book What? Now? <laughs> and I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like seriously, just because, um, yeah, you should come to the conference since it's so cheap right now. <laughs> Since I'm um, back home, unfortunately, now I can show up. I know, I know, but um, it's going to be great. But anyway, it's just funny how all these flights (laughs) now are so freaking cheap just because of... what's been going on. But yeah, I think using Ryanair, EasyJet, there's another one that I used when I was flying from Newcastle to Dubrovnik that my cousin told me about. It's called Jet2, I think. I think it's a UK thing. I I had no idea what it was. He told me Mm -hmm. about it and They had um, a round trip, and I just bought a one-way ticket, just how my trip ended up working Mm -hmm. for, gosh, it was not a lot. Like, U.S. dollars, I think it was under 100 U.S. dollars, which
1: is really good,
0: Um, especially because Newcastle isn't really, like, one of those main hub airports to where you would Mm -hmm. find a lot of, like, Ryan Air flights and stuff and Those are really great. The only thing with the budget airlines that I guess you have to be careful with is just making sure that you have the right um, luggage size. So Mm -hmm. you could pay extra for like if you're checking a bag or whatever. But sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like when you look at that, it's even more than the ticket itself or it's like it is the the ticket. So (laughs) it's not really worth it. So I would say if you are traveling in between these different countries. And if you kind of have this like home base, you can just have another like smaller suitcase or smaller bag that you can take with you. And then it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to go back and forth between these different countries versus like bringing all of your stuff with you is just, Mm -hmm. it would just be too much of a pain.
1: Exactly. I agree.
0: So just overall, because I know traveling is something that is really special for a lot of us listening to this podcast because from a young age, we've all been accustomed to going to the airport and having these long car rides and long airplane rides and just going places where, you know, most people that are our age now haven't really been outside of their home country this many times. And mm-hmm. while a lot of times we tend to I guess, complain about it, or, oh my gosh, we have family, but they're all the way across the world. And yeah. sometimes I'll even find myself getting, you know, jealous about people. It's like, oh, yeah, I just drove down to Florida to like, go see my family. And they'll complain about like a four hour car ride or something to Jacksonville. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh you know, that, that must be nice. <laughs> it's yeah, like I right? have to travel like 24 hours to see my family and things like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's definitely like a blessing and a curse, but it's awesome. And it's definitely made me step out of my comfort zone a lot more because if you don't step out of your comfort zone, then you don't really know what you're missing and what's out there. So
1: just overall,
0: even though your experience was cut short and everything, what did you learn about life? Because I think you learn a lot about life when you're traveling and you learn a lot about yourself.
1: Definitely. Um so I had never or I still live at home with my family and me traveling abroad meant that I had to go through the whole process of finding an apartment and I got really lucky. Um there's several different apps that you can use, but you never know with people and then there's a whole contract thing and everything else involved. Um but luckily I found a really nice guy who was the head of the Apartment and then three girl roommates. Um, So that was that was quick and easy before the end of. um, I moved in at the beginning of January. So right after orientation, like I found my apartment that quickly, um, which I was very fortunate to. But a, a lot of other people didn't move in until February. And then some people I know didn't find their apartment. So just the fact that I got lucky and just the whole process, I learned what I need to know um, when searching for an apartment, like having a contract, dealing with people, because there's a lot of nasty stories that we've seen from other groups. Um, Because on Facebook, there's a whole like Spain auxiliar group and just horrible stories of people dealing with landlords and stuff. Um, So definitely learned what to look for in an apartment and just how to live with different people. Um, They were a bit messy and I like things kind of clean and neat. And so it's just (laughs) having to communicate like, hey, Mm -hmm. like, can you please clean up after yourself in the kitchen? Because I'm not your mama. Like, I'm not going to clean up after you. You know, just the little things of living with foreign people and not just your siblings and you bickering every day. Um, but also the comfort zone that you were talking about, this, I had no idea. I still don't know exactly where I'm going in life, but I did step out of my comfort zone and just decided to go to Spain for a short amount of time because it's something that I didn't want to do. And I don't, I think if you don't try to do what you want to do, how will you know, um, if it'll work out for you or not? And I think a lot of people will just are afraid to maybe step out. But I think if you're listening right now, whatever you want to do, whatever your dream is, try it and see where it takes you. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. At least you tried. Um, And so you won't have that regret later on in life. Um, But also taking chances on people um, is something that I did do more. I think that's my personality in general. But we did have a we do have a group chat and for the first few weeks i would text in our group chat like hey i'm going to sunset at this park whoever wants to come can come and a few times i went a few times and twice i think somebody new showed up and i just talked to them you know getting to know different people even if we're the complete opposite you know um but i think that's just my personality in general not everybody can just talk to random people but it's Interesting because I also met somebody who's an actor. He did like a few little films, and then we got coffee one day and was telling me about just how life was like for him Uh, being an actor and kind of separating reality from your whatever you're filming. And just you never know who you're going to meet if you don't go out and try Um, and just talk to people, you know.
0: Exactly, because we're all, I mean, as we're listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're probably by yourself in your car or probably not in your car because of what's happening, but (laughs) I don't know, in your room. or In my room. Yeah, just wherever at your house um, listening to this. And a lot of times we forget to just put down our phone and Mm -hmm. go do something else and actually I don't know exactly the words, but it's it's like doing things that make you forget to check your phone is a quote that I always see. And I think that's a great thing. And of course, now there isn't Mm -hmm. too, too much that you can do, um, unfortunately. But at the same time, there are things like you can go outside and... Take a walk. You know we're limited, obviously, but there are definitely mm-hmm. ways you can actually read a book, as you know, crazy yeah, as that sounds. <laughs> you can do that, and just really taking the time to slow down and appreciate it. And I love one of the things that you said earlier about how if you don't try, then you're never going to know. And even if you fail, then who cares? Like try something else. I think that's something that I've always tried to really mm-hmm. preach on these podcast episodes is it's, you know, no matter who you are, what you're doing in life right now, as you're listening to this, if there's something that you really want to do and no matter what other people are saying about it, you should go out there and do it and just try it. Exactly. And you know what? Even if you crash and burn, that's okay because no one else around you probably would have taken that initiative. So the fact that you even did that is amazing. So mm-hmm. fear is the one thing that is going to hold people back from trying Different things, whether that's starting your own business or deciding to participate in a program like this in a different country, mm-hmm. it's people are so fearful and they don't give themselves enough credit and they don't. Mm-hmm. You're not giving yourself enough grace. Like the fact that you even went through all of this is amazing. And yeah, maybe it didn't really turn out exactly how you had hoped because of. Things that were beyond your control. That's the thing. Like you couldn't control Mm -hmm. what was going on in the world and you shouldn't, it's normal to get upset about it, of course, like everyone's bummed out. It's affected your travel plans and things like that, but it's something that is so beyond your control. So it's, why are you giving power to that? Like, why are you, Mm -hmm. you know, making it such, um, like almost getting mad at yourself, even though it's Mm -hmm. literally hasn't, you could have done nothing about it. Um, yeah that kind of thing. So it's
1: funny. Um, it's funny because before I left for Spain, I was asking myself like, why am I doing this? Why am I leaving my family for six months? I don't know what the world is going to come to in the future. Or what's going to happen next. Um, and so I was kind of like hesitant on leaving, but then I still ended up going because, you know, Life takes its course with whatever decision you make. And even if it's not the best, like something's going to happen for you to end up on a different course. Again, just like this virus happened, I ended up coming home earlier because of the situation. But it's like if you, I think you need to listen to your intuition and your gut and kind of go with what you think is best for you at the time and remember why you're doing what you're doing what you want to do. And at least Mm -hmm. try it. But life can always. Life leads you back. To where you're supposed to be. I guess. Mm -hmm. Everything happens for a reason. So I'm back home for a reason. And you know.
0: Who knows if you'll. Later on this year. You, I don't Mm -hmm. know what they'll do with the program. Um, I'm assuming that it's just kind of put on hold. Or like cancelled or something. But who knows. Maybe Mm -hmm. you'll do another program or go to a different country or even do like more teaching programs here Mm -hmm. at home, Um, you know, but at least you got that experience and at least you have those memories to keep with you. I think that's one of the most important things just. And the people I met. Yeah. Like it's so cool how you make (laughs) different connections and it's people that, you can go visit, like, you would never anywhere, you know, else, whatever program you're doing, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you meet someone from Switzerland or from Austria or whatever, and Mm -hmm. you form some kind of relationship. And then they say, oh, yeah, well, whenever you're in Austria, like, let me know, you can come stay with me or we should get Mm -hmm. a coffee or something. And it's like, if you had never done that experience, you would never be able to go out there and Mm -hmm. do those things and have a reason or an excuse to go to different countries like even from just doing Vulcan bread there's so many people that are like oh my gosh I just saw you were in this city or oh you were in you know San Francisco like let me know when you're coming back next time like you could just Mm -hmm. stay with me or whatever so I think it's it's awesome how it just connects you with so many different people
1: it's funny because one of the girls there's three girls that we kind of like formed a little group and we've seen each other um more often Um, One of the girls lives in Texas where I was born. So it's funny how life guides you where you're supposed to be and the people you meet. Like everything is for a reason. So we have become good friends so far. And it's funny because she lives in the city where I was born. Mm -hmm. So now I can go visit them. One's in Texas. The other's in Arizona. And then the other one's in California. So it's funny. Yeah yeah
0: that's cool are they in phoenix it's just or...
1: amazing um i think she's close is tuscan close to arizona i don't know tucson yeah i'm no, sorry there's,
0: there's... <laughs> no my all my arizona people are gonna listen there, there's, not, there's not a whole lot in tucson i will say from what i heard, but um no that's that's cool and then wait i didn't know you were born in texas though that's so cool yeah very cool dallas or austin or no arlington houston arlington oh interesting Mm -hmm. okay very cool that's crazy how she's from (laughs) the same city
1: yeah she lives there i think that's just insane
0: yeah it's awesome it's really cool Mm -hmm. Um, i guess the only other really question i had on here which I feel like we kind of talked about it but i mean we could give some advice to this um so you know you are going to this foreign country and even though you do have people that you're rooming with going to school with things like that you know there are instances where you might be alone and you might have to go do something alone mm-hmm. and just taking precaution as a female traveler like i would never want this to stop anyone from going out there and traveling but just mm-hmm. it's something that I've had to deal with to just any woman honestly if you're trying to do some kind of solo trip people are immediately gonna ask you well is it safe are you gonna be okay mm-hmm. you're gonna get pickpocketed, like all kinds of things so did you feel mm-hmm. safe while you were in Madrid or in you know the other village that you um, were going back and forth in between and just kind of what kind mm-hmm. of I guess advice would you have anyone that's traveling alone So first of all, I think
1: it's kind of obvious, but research the country and city that you want to travel to. Mm -hmm. Um, But also there's, I don't know if you're part of it. The girls love travel group on Facebook is really amazing. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Um, There's so many amazing things people have been to and stories, which is very useful because I want to travel to those places someday. But for me in Madrid, I did visit there last year, which was great, and I got to get a feeling of the city, which I really liked. But also, Madrid is a very safe city. There's the primary the crime rate is actually lower than Atlanta, so that was another pro <laughs> to convince my parents to let me go. Oh my gosh! Um, but just being there, it of course I had to walk alone sometimes, but even with friends there. The main thing in Madrid is pickpocketers. They get a lot of people and it's daily and that's their highest crime rate. Um, But luckily I kept my phone like inside my jacket pocket because it was winter. Mm -hmm. Um, And my wallet in a safe like Mm -hmm. zipper in my purse. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, I felt really safe. And even taking the metro, there's not a lot of crime. You don't see like creeps. Like there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of creepers. Right like, in general, that you can notice, you know? I mean, there's creepers everywhere you go, Mm -hmm. but not so obvious. And there's not things that you would see, like, harassment, I guess, on the street versus in Atlanta or, like, bigger cities here in the States. You you could obviously
0: see it any day of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Yeah, I think that's a good kind of sum up of everything. And too, what I found is obviously you know, don't have your phone in your back pocket, I think that's kind of mm-hmm. obvious, but then it's like you talk to people that haven't been outside of the country, or I'm speaking for, I guess, people who maybe aren't balkan or whatever just other american brands mm-hmm. and stuff that i have and it's like some stuff i'm like how did you how did you not realize that like that is like common sense almost for us because we're used to going to these different places and things yeah like that. but it's not so common no it's not at all and so yeah. yeah don't have your phone in your back pocket you know make sure i always if i have a purse or something um i think crossbody mm-hmm. bags are the best so just having one of those and literally if you i have found and i mean i've haven't traveled to the country in Europe or anything by any means, but I found that if you just have that crossbody bag and you literally just keep your hand on the top part of it, like just kind of or whatever, and um, like where the zipper mm-hmm. is. Nobody will come up to you or try to do anything. And if you have to also be confident, and even if you're lost, like, make sure you don't look like you're lost, which is hard sometimes mm-hmm. because you'll just find yourself in these different situations. But if you are lost, definitely try to go somewhere where – um there is like Wi Fi or something that you can get hooked onto. So even if that's just like a cafe mm-hmm. or going to like um anywhere in front of like a bank or like a government building, like those are usually like pretty safe mm-hmm. places um if something like were to happen. But yeah, I think definitely just doing that and being cautious about where you're putting your belongings and things like that will definitely make a difference um and just being aware of mm-hmm. your surroundings is huge too so not I being, was about to say that not being yeah on your phone like that is huge um like just put it away you don't need to be walking down the street even here like in the U.S. like if I'm going to a different city I'm like I, I'm not on my phone like if I'm walking mm-hmm. down the street just because I'm like you know, you you're not. Mm-hmm. It's different. Maybe if I'm in, that, I mean, you should still be cautious in your home city and everything. Like even here in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. if I go somewhere else, I already know that I have a disadvantage on me. Like I don't know the city, so I have to be yeah. extra careful.
1: Yeah, I think that's very important. But also, just know where you're going and not. I know I said earlier that I like to talk to strangers, but it there's a special place. There's a specific place where you should talk to strangers, I guess. Um, but if you're in a big city, the city center, where there's people who are trying to take you into their shop mm-hmm. or doing whatever else, like you need to think about it for a second, because there's a lot of situ- bad situations that may happen.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, so just always be cautious and aware of your surroundings and just Make sure to do your research before you go to that city to talk to people who have been there and don't let that stop you from traveling to wherever you want to mm-hmm. go because you could have a good or bad experience wherever you go.
0: They'll say no matter where you're going, like, have your guard up for sure and just be careful, mm-hmm. but don't feel like you constantly have to, like, walk with fear or anything like that, you know? Like, oh, definitely, definitely not just be aware. That's that's the best advice that I could give you because there are so many different situations and things that can happen when you're traveling, but you know, mm-hmm. trust your gut too is a huge one. Like if something is off or if you're talking to someone and no matter like if the language barrier or whatever is coming into play, even if you un- think you understand what they're saying mm-hmm. and something is off, just listen to your gut and it's probably it's probably right. Like 99% of the time mm-hmm. like it's right and
1: just take a moment mm-hmm. to think about exactly. it, you know, like people are just so, okay, let's do it, but take a moment and just think about what's being said mm-hmm. and done.
0: Like, does it sound okay? Exactly, you know? exactly. So, no, I think, I think those are great pieces of advice, and um, it was really cool just hearing about your experience with living there and getting used to it and just taking this big leap outside of your comfort zone and also anyone that's interested and you know is maybe feeling lost or feeling like they might want to try something new and just kind of see where it goes I think this is one of those really cool opportunities um that's out there Mm -hmm. that you can do so do you have any just final pieces of advice or um just anything else that you'd like to add um I just
1: for anybody that is interested in this or wants to know anything else, don't hesitate to contact me. I'm here to answer questions. And for through CIEE, it's just a nonprofit that kind of helped us and provided information for us to get there. But anybody can do it. I think they just look for some type of background with children. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a college degree, and they did require – a college degree, but th- I know there's also other programs that may not necessarily require four years, but pretty much anybody can do it. If they have some type of background with mm-hmm. working with people, you know, yeah, like exactly. it's not a specific, like, Hey, I'm a child education major. Mm-hmm. No, anybody can do it pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you have something, you know, and don't be afraid. Like I know everybody says it, But take a leap out of your comfort zone,
0: even if it's just something little, and see where it takes you. Exactly. Um, That's the most important thing. If you can take anything away mm -hmm. from this episode, definitely that piece of information for sure. And I can leave all of your links and stuff in the show notes of the podcast episode. So if you're listening and you're interested in getting more information about this particular program or just about... You know, even if it's like it's not really studying abroad, but, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I'll have mm-hmm. all of Sabina's information so you guys can reach out to her, get in touch. Can I just
1: say one thing? Oh, I know you can. No, Sorry for it. I did do the TELF, like teaching English as a foreign language certificate online, and that's 150 hours. And I found that on Groupon for a cheap price because a lot of them are very expensive. But then one day I happened to be on Groupon and it was like 50 bucks and and it was through an accredited site and it got me, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to use that and
0: go teach abroad. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's good to know. That's, I just wanted to add yeah, that. Yeah, no, that, that's valuable, <laughs> especially even if you're trying to teach English online and then eventually like mm-hmm. having that goal in mind of teaching in another country is awesome. So mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you again so much. And for everyone else listening, if you're interested in being on an upcoming episode, or if you'd like to nominate someone with a really unique story for this podcast, definitely send an email over to hello at balkanbread.com with your story, your contact information. I'm always looking for Just really cool stories to feature on here. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, if you made it this far, definitely take a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, post it on your Instagram story, and be sure to tag us at Bread on Instagram so we can see everyone that's listening. So Anyway, thank you guys again so much, and we will talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys.